to read this morning, and then I won't ask you to stand again. Turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 3. In the last 22 years, the Lord has allowed me to preach from this text four times, I believe, but he gave me a completely different message uh, for it today. Um, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to preaching today. I just feel so pregnant with this word today. And um, if y'all will be with me in spirit, um, I don't mean to make a doctrine of this, but I just want to tell you, because you may not know, as a preacher, you actually have the power to pull his word from me. I have a spirit. All of us, the God gives different gifts, and the, the gift, the small gift of teaching and or preaching, when there are hungry hearts, something in the spirit realm pulls from a preacher. And I just pray today that you will open up your heart and pull from me that we can get everything that God wants us to get today. Judges chapter 3, verse 31, and then Judges 5, verse 6. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. So after him was a farmer, and this farmer slew 600 Philistine soldiers with an ox goad. Judges 5, verse 6. And in the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walk through byways or side roads. And if you will pray for me as I pray for myself this morning. Father, I pray today that you would anoint me with your Holy Spirit, that I would speak with clarity, and that I would speak concisely and with great power, Lord. And by power, I don't mean volume or inspiration. I mean with the ability to speak words that would go into someone's soul that it would be knit together with the fabric of who they are, and that the entrance of the Word of God would change, transform, metamorphosis in them. And we receive it with meekness, Lord. Uh, uh, prod us, change us, stir us, make us uncomfortable so that we might be where we're supposed to be, O oh Lord. Pleasing to you, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. There is a spiritual blight facing the body of Christ in the West, I should say, at least my experience in the U.S. with what I see on television, on the Internet, what I see in local bodies, as well as our own local body of believers. It's unmistakable with those, to those who have eyes to see it. And it's discouraging to those who can see and predict the fallout from such behavior. And that is inactive Believers, inactive believers. Yes, we are sons. And if I do not understand my sonship, then I can't begin to pray because that's the way Jesus taught them to pray. He said, say, our Father who art in heaven. Start with relationship. I have to understand that uh, Jesus is my elder brother. I have to understand that he's my Savior. I have to understand that he's my Lord, that I am his people, that I am the sheep of his pasture. 
But we are also soldiers. We are that which the Holy Spirit has filled so that we can push back against attack and we can go forward to expand the kingdom of God, the knowledge of Jesus in the world. You are a soldier. You're either a good one or a bad one, but you're a soldier. You're either active or inactive. And the blight on our churches and the blight from the pulpit is that we are teaching and preaching seemingly exclusively all that God has done for us, which is rightfully necessary. But once I've learned what he's done for us, the cry should come from our Damascus road, what would you have me to do? Not to be accepted, but because I am accepted. Not to receive grace, I've already got the grace. Not to receive power, I've already received the power. The endowment from on high. You did not fill me with your spirit only to produce fruit. Now that's necessary. It's right. The spirit-filled believer should have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and meekness flowing from him naturally. But he also ought to be strong in the Lord and in the knowledge of the Lord and in the power of his might. His presence ought to carry with him the kingdom of God in such a way that Jesus is known even where he's not recognized. And we are so afraid of someone thinking that we're militant, that we're not. And with all that's going on in the media, and don't think I'm, listen, I'm not looking for a debate or argument, but I will tell you this. When it comes to honoring the flag or honoring the national anthem or standing for our country, I will tell you this. It seems to me that the people that do not see the necessity of recognizing those that have gone before us and spilled their blood and left orphans and widows, it seems to me that the people that do not think it a big thing to honor and respect have no skin in the game. It just would seem to me that... that, That's not pro-anything, and that's the way it is in the church. We've raised a bunch of people that know what their blessings are, and there's nobody signing up. There's nobody spending what there is, but it seems the majority of us feel that God has saved us just to get sin out of our life. And he did save us to deliver me from my sins so that I might be an effective, faithful soldier in the army of the Lord. This lack of leadership in the pulpit and in the home gives birth to cowardice, bondage, apathy, and excuses. And once we are people of excuses, there will be no overcomers to emulate, no persistent victories to celebrate, and no spoils of war to appreciate. Where are the warriors I don't mean the obnoxious, the loud person that introduces himself. I'm a warrior. If you are, you don't have to give an introduction. It's like the man that beats the table. I'm the man of this house. Well, if you were, you wouldn't have to hit the table. You just wouldn't. I'm a warrior when my wife says I can be. I'm the head of this house when she, she says I can be. And I'm... Warriors, which means I will push back. Any entrance of this world into my life, my sphere, my family, my church, my work, 
Don't pick a fight with me. Don't hunt what you can't kill. A warrior. I'm not looking to just destroy, but the kingdom of God is not physical. Like if we were militant and just went destroying helpless people, that is not a great nation make. But when we defend our borders or we defend our allies, where are you? When Have y'all seen every now and then there'll be a show on what would you do? Have y'all seen those? Where the lady's at the, the, the little diner bar and some guy's hanging all over and rubbing her. She said, leave me alone, leave me alone. And all these people sit there and don't do nothing. Have you seen that? I love it when there's men in there that don't do nothing. And some woman gets up and swings her purse and knocks him out of the chair. Did you hear her? Mind me of my daughter. I'll kill you up in here. You best leave before somebody gets skinned up. And here's this woman with this heavy purse. You don't know what's in that purse. Baby, that could be a bowling ball in that purse. You better back up. But somebody finally steps up, and then inevitably there'll be a clip of a guy that walks over and says, it's time for you to leave. Very, very calm. See, warriors don't have to scream. Inside they're saying, oh, I hope you touch me. Please touch me so that all these witnesses can see you put a hand on me, and I had to defend myself. Our children are going to hell. Their friends are going to hell. They're being molested through television and internet and media and music. We have 20 and 30-year-olds that have been in the church all their life and don't know Jesus from TJ Maxx. No one's teaching. No one's training. And please, please don't think I'm beating up on you today because there are a lot of people that are serving. I'm talking to the ones that aren't involved. So you're just going to look the other way? You're just going to look the other way? The people that are in this church, that serve this church, what we're doing is we're encouraging, nurturing, uh, building up so that you can fight. I don't have the access you do. I mean, I reach out to servers at restaurants because obviously I spend time at restaurants. That's where I do. But I'm equipping you. This is not the game. This is the huddle. I go to church. Think about it. We'll turn our TVs on this afternoon. Can you imagine? Okay, the Cowboys coming out, the Falcons coming out, whoever. And they get a kickoff and they go, you know, Matty Ryan, I'll just call his name. I'm not a fan, don't care. Whoever's, whoever's the underdog, I want him to win. So he goes and he goes, okay, uh, strong right, double Z out, fullback dive right on one, ready, break. And they all walk off the field. God bless y'all. So everybody's paid for the tickets and they're watching. They go, what mean is this? Well, we came, we had the entrance, we had the smoke. We were so encouraged by your applause. I felt, did you, I felt it. And we just want to thank y'all for making this Sunday afternoon possible. Peace out. You'd say, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It happens in churches every weekend. We sing, we encourage, we teach. We pray. We pre now I'm preaching to myself today. I'll be part of this message in just a moment. And then we go, okay, let's go out in the world. Are you ready? On one break. And then we resort back to, I'm not going to smoke dope. I'm not going to sleep around. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to be a good man. Amen. And your kingdom is that small. We are part of this world. We're the light. We're the salt. Where are the warriors? Willing warriors. Present warriors. 
active warriors, courageous warriors, compelling warriors, uh, intimidating warriors. Oh, I love this passage. You've heard me preach on it before, but it's, it's not in my notes, but i got to tell you. When, when the sons of Sceva went and tried to cast out the demons out of this man, and, and the demon spoke, he said, I adjure you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. Come out. And the demon spoke through this guy and they said, Paul we know. And Jesus we know. Who are you? And stripped them boys naked in town. And they're running down the street naked. I mean, not for the immodesty part, but I want to see that video in heaven. I want to watch this. All this, we, by the Jesus who Paul preaches. And that demon said, Paul we know. Time out. What does that mean? You better not grab Paul's coattail. Paul will straight up bring Jesus into this thing. He'll bring the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll wreck principalities and powers. You can put him in jail. He'll win the jailer to jail. We know Paul. And I'm asking you, however, wherever you are, however you are, does hell know your name? Does hell know your name? Where are the warriors? Where are the tears, the cry of the discerning, the cry of those who know better and remember greater days? The cry of those who despise the mockery of our personal Goliaths and who will not stand idly by as the name of God is slandered and blasphemed? Where is the individual and communal uproar? The groundswell of conviction and dissatisfaction of the way things are and the willingness to do whatever it takes to change it. Change, it. change it back to where everyone is a soldier and all are ready to fight. Where is the shout of the camp that pierces both body and soul, which pierces the ear and pierces the soul? Where is the cry for the glory of the Lamb? We teach, we preach. We pray, we witness, we give, we serve, we bring people into our homes, we minister, we give away resources, we build orphanages for the glory of the Lamb. We're not fighting with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we fight by expanding the kingdom of God everywhere we go. I may not can pray at my desk. I may not can open a Bible at my desk at work. But this cubicle right here, is holy ground. It's glorious. Don't come in here and mess with me. Can I tell you, I, these aren't in my notes, so some of this this morning may kind of be like a fat man going through a barbed wire fence. Here a point, there a point. You know, just... <laughs> there you go again with that fat joke. I knew it. it was, do you know what I love to do? And when Kelly and I first got married and she saw me do it, she's like, John, I love to go, like, it's not the fair, but there'll be places, outdoor events, street parties, or downtown in cities where I visit, and there'll be Madame Lucille, palm reader. I do, I do this. I'm telling you, I do it. I walk up, like, let's say it's right over here and you're reading palms. I get just close enough so she's holding her palm, and I'll lean up against their little thing or just look at them. And I can tell immediately if it's real or it's a sham. Because if they're a sham, I ain't bothering them. But if it's real, there's static. And, <laughs> and I'm standing there, I look at it, and I go, mm-hmm, yep, 
Yep. And then I just start praying in tongues under my breath. I do. Why? I'm just messing with them. I'm just messing with them. Had one person walk by me on an airplane. I'm sitting there minding my own business. And they looked at me like they could kill me. Just the demons in them. I was like, back at you. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, nor his name, nor his spirit. And if you can put a booth up and read somebody's poem, I can stand here in the power of the Holy Spirit and say, don't forget, every knee's going to bow. Don't forget, and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I also, one day, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to walk up and go, what you see? I think we closed is what I see. I think we need to take a break. You're not scared? No, absolutely. Scared of what? I'm nothing in my strength, but underneath my fifth rib is the power of the Holy Spirit. What you going to do to me? I'll kill a chicken and draw a pentagram in your yard. You better fry that boy up because it's going to be a long night. I'm not scared of you. Put your hexes on me. I'm cursed. Or they say, you are cursed. Mm -mm, I'm blessed. You can't curse me. And you better watch out because my elder brother Jesus whipped your Lord 2,000 years ago and took the keys to his house and took the keys to his home. Our problem is we, we have sons that are not militant. See, every son is not a warrior, but every warrior is a son. You see, it's not warrior first. It's when I grow up, we defend, we stand in opposition to, and we oppose anything that comes against our Lord. Okay, so now, for the next few moments, that was my introduction, by the way. We're going to get there. We're going to get to s don't worry. And there'll be plenty of egg custard, I called them. It said in the days of Shamgar that the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked the byways. The highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked the byways. Everything is recorded, not just for historical and educational purposes, but there's message there. There's meat there. How does a farmer become a deliverer in Israel? Now, we hear of judge. We think of somebody sitting in a courtroom with a black robe that nobody can question. No, this is a guy that went in and took back things that were stolen. He would go in with a weapon and rescue a family that was stolen or, or get land back and move the Philistines out. How did this guy, what was part of it? Well, he was seeing what was happening to his people. That the highways were unoccupied. Highways that were theirs in the promised land. Highways that would help their people get from point A to point B quicker. Highways that were safe to travel on. And in his days, the highways were unoccupied. And let me give you some highways that are unoccupied in the body of Christ, especially for, for, it's, it's, for our examination. Why are these highways? Why are we not walking on them? Highways of personal holiness. Highways of fear and reverence for the Lord. Fear. And reverence of the Lord. I want to say it again this morning. And I'm not trying to make you mad. And I've, I've even had people leave the church and told me it's because you talked about this. 
There is no excuse for us coming in this sanctuary late to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm sorry. And I know some stuff happens. I've had people say, well, you talk about it and we were going to be late, so we just turned around and went home. Oh, come on. The Lord knows the difference when something comes up. I'm talking about that part of me that says, I will not be late to worship the Lord God Almighty. I'm just not. It's not. Well, if, if, if we, we don't have time, then we'll come unmade up. Our hair won't be right. The kids' clothes will be wrinkled. But we'll be on the second row with our heart prepared. So when the first note strikes, we say, to you be all glory, honor, and praise. I know stuff comes up, but it doesn't come up every Sunday. And most of the Sundays in this church, and I, I think we are part of the greatest church I've ever known. I, I love everything about this place and the people here. It's not uncommon for us at 10 o'clock to have 40 people here. That's just not right. Moving right along. Highways of sanctification and consecration. Separation from the world. Consecrated unto God. Separated from the world, consecrated unto God. One without the other is not complete. If I just separated from the world and I don't do nothing, I'm just mean. But if I'm separated from the world and separated under God, there's fulfillment and joy there. Highways of intimacy and devotion. Highways of spiritual discernment and vocal expressions. Highways of willingness and faithfulness and highways of victory. And peace, which means you should be walking in perpetual victory. Not that it's never difficult, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You should be constantly going from victory to victory. And you can't have victory without struggle. Highways of peace where you're unmovable. In the worst of times, in the most disappointing of times, there's still a, an abiding peace in your mind and heart and in, on your countenance and in your words. Highways of joy. Highways that are yours to travel. Yours in the promised land. But they're unoccupied. They're untraveled. They're vacant. They're glaring and they are mocking. Highways we used to travel, but we don't travel anymore. When you hear of something like a Shamgar killing 600 Philistines with an ox goad. The Bible doesn't tell us whether he killed them at his farm or whether he, they, he killed them, uh, you know, in an arena or on the road. I, I think, and this, please hear me, I think my best guess is that he killed them on the road because the only other verse mentioned about him, he says the roads were untraveled. And I believe he saw a need and he met that need. So it could be the road, maybe not the road. But this man, as limited as he was, see, that's our excuse. Well, I'm no preacher. So? Oh, I stand on this platform. Well, what about when I stand off and I stand right beside you? I'm just like you. Shamgar teaches us to be who we are, use what we have, and do what we can. Be who you are. Don't ever change. Don't change to meet the need. Be who you are. If you're an intercessor, don't try to teach. If you're a teacher, you don't have to, you don't have to be an intercessor. You need to pray. But just be who you are and do what you can 
in the confidence that God is with you. See, we can all say, well, I just, I just can't make a difference. Well, of course you can't. There's your out. There's your out. The man sees his wife or girlfriend get abducted and pulled into an alleyway. He goes, well, yeah, that's three of them. Think about how silly that sounds. But that's what we do. We come to church. We get... And we pat ourselves on the back that we are abstaining from the grosser sins. And this side of the cross, the freedom God gives us from the grosser sins is so that we might have no limitation in our dexterity in delivering other people. Pulling them out of the fire, despising the, 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 the sins being someone that they, that they know they know that God's power is working in your life. Instead of talking about what limits us, what defines us, what disqualifies us, what, what uh, silences us, Shamgar is just a farmer. So I've told you what of our roads, what of our handicaps, what of your history? Has it always been such in your family or were you the one who followed others? Were you the one that followed, followed others who went before you paving the way, giving their life and spending their substance and making the difference in the lives of others for the glory of God? Were you the first generation Christian? Or did someone else leave you a legacy like I was left? My daddy left deep footprints for me to follow, not shallow ones, deep ones. He trotted the path. He trotted the path. He and my mother did ministry together, trotted the path. So that I didn't, have to, I didn't have to go searching for what, word it this way. I didn't have to go looking for what it looks like to invest your life in others instead of spending it upon yourself. Investing, investing your life in others. What of your history? Have you always been powerless? Or do you remember a day when you were strong in the Lord? Have you always been this defeated? Have you always been willing to avoid the conflict, to roll over and do nothing? Have you always hid among the crowd of those who never stand up, never stand out, or never stand firm? Have you never been a soldier? Have you never been a conqueror? Have you never been an example? And we are not perfect. Those of us that do fight, we are as flawed as anyone else. But we have skin in the game. We have skin in the game. We are spending our lives together. For what? If the goal was just to get us saved, then God would have saved us and killed us. John saved. Before he messes anything up, zap, take him to heaven where you can float on a cloud and play a harp. Have you never been a soldier? Have you never been a conqueror? Have you never been an example? Do you ever remember a time where you would live where you live today? Do you remember a time where you uh, would live like you live today and allow what you allow? Do you ever remember a time where you wouldn't live the way you're living today is what I should say. At a time, do you remember a time in your life where you were all in, where you were always available, where you were willing, a time where your life was spent for the, claw, for the cause and glory of Jesus Christ? Your pastor wants to confess to you today that my sword is not as sharp as it once was. 
my heart doesn't beat as fast as it once did. I am not as eager to jump up now, and I'm quicker to sit down. My disciplines are not as consistent, not even close. And my anointing is not as strong. My desire to fight has waned. So the fact remains that I, your pastor, if I can ever remember a time where I was ever more all in for the name and cause of Christ than I am today, then I am backslid. That doesn't mean you're backslid into immorality or gross sin. It means that you have slid back. And if you ever remember a time where you were a more effective, faithful soldier for Jesus Christ, which means spending your life for his cause in small and big ways, if you can remember a time, then you are backslid to. So what are we to do? Revelation 2.5 says it clearly. Remember from where you are fallen, from where you have fallen. Repent and redo the first works. Remember from where you've fallen. Repent and do the first works. That is my goal. I am going to focus on, no matter how painful it is, to remember who I once was. Well, Pastor John, you're being too hard on yourself. No. No, I'm not. I'll tell you in the same way that I used to be more valiant. I was strong in the Lord. And I remember, they say, well, you're getting older. Well, yeah, but in the, in the physical realm, we get weaker. In the spiritual realm, we get stronger. It's supposed to be advancing. And our problem is, we are inundated with how to have a better life now, or a best life now, or how to live a purpose-driven life without devotion to and a heart beating for the Lord Jesus Christ and His glory. It's not to see how much I can get in my coffers, but where you want me, Lord. Where you want me. And you line up. First, you have to, you have to take the, the land of your home and say, not in this house. Jeremiah, I'm talking about you today. You're a Shamgar, man. I'm watching it. I'm watching it happen. You have always been the good guy, but not the soldier. And now... Buddy, I wouldn't want to tangle with him for nothing in the world. Mess with his baby. Pastor John, I hate to do this, but I'm going to kill you. I'll hug you afterwards, but I'm going to kill you. And just pick up a tool, a wrench, a bush. I just don't want to be on his bad side. So in the spiritual realm, here he is saying, Oh, you talk about I ain't been this long or I haven't done this long. This ox goad feels the same no matter how long I've been doing it. Strong in the Lord. What of your heart? What are you seeing? What is stirring? What is your heart saying? What, what is it sensing? A word like this can motivate you. It's kind of like a, a, a halftime talk where a team's getting beat 21 nothing, and they come out and just beat the brakes off somebody. That coach hit a nerve somewhere. Okay. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? What are you going to do? What's stirring in you? It's not about having grandiose dreams. 
It's not about dreaming of how I can be great for God. It is seeing that my commitment to and my consistency will accomplish great things for his name. The highways were unoccupied. Some of, most, some of you know this story, but some of you may not know it. Do you know how this church started? One little neighborhood kid. I'm ministering to the neighborhood kids. I told you the story. I found out my house was the bus stop. I was like, they didn't tell me that in the listing when we went to buy the house. And this one little boy, we built a relationship with him, and he said, Mr. John, when can you take me to church? And I checked my day timer. There were no cell phones in, and I told him in about three months. I didn't feel overcome with the Holy Spirit. I didn't hear angels singing. I remember walking inside and saying, we got to start a church. So you didn't feel a witness of the... Mm -mm. There's a highway with all these neighborhood kids on it. we got to start a church. Just do what you can do. I, you know. Now, 22 years later, here we are now, seven, eight churches. Did you see that then? No. Uh, do you see yourself any better then? Mm, just really like, my name's John. People visit and they go, what would you like me to call you? John? That's what God and my wife calls me. But where they were, people were known by titles instead of testimonies. I don't want no title. I want a testimony. I want hell to know my name. So we started this church. And great things have come from it. Great people have come into it. Great people have come out from it. But there was that moment where it said, that's it. I'm changing the direction of my life from preaching to pastoring. Shamgar, I believe, came to a place where something inside of him snapped. Can you imagine watching people on the road and they, the daddy would go, stop, stop. It's Philistines. Run his family off the road. Elderly falling down the hill, their children falling down the hill. He puts them in some gully and it lays across the top of them. He goes, shh, shh, baby, shh, shh, shh. Don't make a sound. They'll kill us. Shh. So sick of cowering before the enemies of the Lord. So sick of their, their strut and their armor and their shields and their swords and their attitudes. And there were the days where the Philistines saw them laying down off the road and goes, Don't worry, we ain't going to kill you today. Emasculated. The man his family. All that matters is that they're okay. Yeah, no. And once they go back to the house, he goes, baby, I'm going to walk just a little bit. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I believe Shamgar came to a place where he said, I would rather die on the road today than live one more day on the by road. I would rather die today than live another day as a coward or as a self-centered person that only cares about survival. He did not call us to survival. He called us to ministry. My survival is up to him. My ministry is up to me. So, Shamgar. 
Ben, if you would come, please. What if? Now, you know, again, I just want to be fair. He could have killed a couple of them in his yard coming to get a cow or, or sheep, but, you know, then they could come back again. I just, I think with the two verses, they have to be connected. But believe what you will, he killed 600 of them. We know that. How many Shamgars were there? One. He didn't die. How many Philistines did he kill? Okay. So let me give you a visual illustration, and I've been waiting all week to tell you this. Ox goad. Six to eight foot piece of wood, two to three inches wide. And on one end, you had a metal, not sharp enough to go in, but sharp enough to get your attention. And the other end, you had a spade. And the ox, he's like, you know, the ox is pulling. He goes, I'm tired. He take that in. He goes, Ching! but you know, we can keep working a little bit longer. You know, the ox goes. The, the spade, the shovel end is when the earth would get caught in the wheels. They would take the spade and get the work out. So that, he said, that's all I got. All I got for us. I just, I just have the work of God in my life. The name of Jesus. Power of the Spirit. It's all I got. And so what if old Shamgar one day left his home? His wife said, where are you going, baby? I'll be back in a little bit. Where are you going? Full walk. And he takes his ox goad and he's dragging it down the street. And here come the Philistines. 600 of them. Not 60. Not 160. 600 of them. So if they're 10 deep, 10 wide, they're 60 deep. Is that right? Okay. And they see him. They know, they know these people. These are subservient, quiet little farmers. And they'll go in and take what they want. So what if he's dragging it up the road and here come the soldiers. And the first one goes, watch him. He's going he's gonna to move. This is where he jumps off the road. This is his favorite spot. And Shamgar don't move. He walks right up to him and stops. Boys. And they put the sword up to his neck and said, I'm going to give you three seconds to get off this road. He said, not today. And he backed up. I don't know which end he hit him with, but either one of them is a bad day. You hear me? The other one comes. Ram it right through him. Look at their numbers. You wonder why it's so hard to live on a highway? Because Satan will come at you with such force, such numbers, so many outside forces to get you to walk off the road. His hope is that you walk off the road. Look at their numbers. Look at their arrogance. They just kept coming. Now, I'm a simple guy, okay? So you're 132. 100 somewhere. Somebody goes, you know, Shamgar, <laughs> look at the ignorance. You, what, who is number 599 or number 600? All these dead folks, they're crawling over dead folks to die. He is covered in blood. Head to toe. What does that 600th one do? It's okay to laugh. I'm going to tell you one time, Shamgar. <laughs> You need to get off the road. He goes, 
laid out and he's pushing them off the road. He goes home. He's a little late. How long does it take to kill 600 men with an ox goad? You kill one a minute, what's that, five hours or something? I don't know. Guys, you know when you're late and you go to open the door, it opens for you. So his wife opens the door and he is. Stop, baby, baby, baby. I'm okay, I'm okay, okay. What happened to you? Wait, shh, let me just, just get me, sh- I'm going to get a shower. Look, I want you to go get everybody. I want you to go get everybody in the villages. Pepe, just like in Mexico, the villages. Go tell, everybody knows everybody. Get the word out. Tell them to meet me on the road or meet me here at the house. I got an announcement to make. So hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Israelites come. Hundreds, hundreds. And they're sitting, some standing, and they're fanned out. And Shamgar comes out, and he's drying his hair with a towel. He goes, hey, everybody, I just want y'all to know that the roads are open. Have a good day. Shuts the door. What? The roads? He said the roads are open. So they all go up to look. And littered down this road were dead Philistines stacked up one on top of the other all the way down the road. And those children played kickball in front of their enemies. They walked with power, confidence, and glory because Sam Shamgar was them. He just seen him. You can have as much ground at your house as you take. Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And violent people take it by force. You can make the difference in the life of a child. You can make the difference teaching a class, evangelizing, serving, giving, opening your home up, opening your pocketbook up, pushing back the darkness. Well, Jesus said, I will build my church. He said, yeah, but the gates of hell uh, won't prevail against it. Are the gates on their end or our end? On their end, the gates of hell. It's a church triumphant. Well, the battle is not our battle, John. The battle is the Lord's. That was that one battle in the Old Testament. Every other battle you have to fight in. So, final thoughts. They're they're able to travel quicker. They're able to travel more efficiently. Oh, and you can give wonderful directions if you have a road to travel on. You can help other people. So, word gets back to the Philistines. Ain't no mention nobody else coming back. Shamgar's area. What if, what if one of his grandbabies was like a personality like me, or I could call out a couple of y'all, that set up a little charge a nickel to see the great Shamgar? Mama, I'd have done that. Charge a nickel. So here's all the neighborhood kills. He nickel, nickel, nickel. He's thinking, I can go buy all this candy. And he goes up to the little hut and pulls the little wooden blind open. And there's Shamgar with a little belly, got his iced tea on it. He watching TV, you know, hair thinning. And they said, that's him? That's Shamgar? See, yeah. What? Oh, you thought he was somebody special. No, he was just next. And Papa says that God will give you any road you're willing to die on. Bow your heads with me. 
God will give you any road that you're willing to down. Every victory counts. Every victory counts. You've got to win this battle. Now's not the time to quit. Every victory counts. Pick up your ox goad, that which you're familiar with. The name of Jesus and the Word of God. The name of Jesus and the Word of God. Fill with the Spirit. Bold as a lion. Not backing down another day. Sir, if you do not defend your family spiritually, who will? Not another day cowering before your adversary or your enemies. You don't become a shamgar by answering an altar call. You become one by standing up and doing what you can. Would you stand with me this morning? Years ago, when my son Jimmy was living with me, I'm so proud of him. That was, the, by the way, that young boy that asked me to start, the, you know, to take him to church. He was the first convert on the first Sunday, and he became my son. His parents gave him to us, and we, we raised him. It was a beautiful story. I asked him one day, I said, Jimmy, I'll adopt you if you want me to. You can have my name. And he said, let me, let, me, let me pray about it, John. And he came back and he said, as much as I would love that, he goes, I think I want to keep my name. I think I want to be the peg that changes that name so that everybody that comes after me, when they hear the name Sanderson, they don't think this. They think man of God, spirit of God. I said, buddy, that's it. That's it. That's the spirit of Shamgar. You have divine help. And you cannot die while you fight in faith. You cannot die. You have persistent help. You have internal help. You have surrounding help. And the help you have in heaven has never lost a battle. Never. Not one. So be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Take upon yourself the whole armor of God. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. And fight. Fight until hell knows your name. All right, Shamgar, let's go get busy. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.